Uh, good morning again. Good morning to our friends online, joining us online, either, uh, either because you're social distancing or because it was snowy and you couldn't get out of your driveway. Uh, either way, hey, welcome, uh, friends here, friends online, friends everywhere. And uh, uh, my name is Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. Glad to have you here and uh, glad to worship with you. Let's go ahead and put our mission statement on the screen and say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That's what this church is about. And so uh, that's what it comes down to. That's our, our guiding principle of the church. And so it's if uh, everything that we do here gets filtered through those principles. Are we loving, growing, and going? And, so today what we're doing is we're concluding our four-part series. Uh, and I, I just, I'm curious, because you all know that we've had homework through this series. How many people have been stabbing at the homework? A couple people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so important. And I just want to tell you, if you haven't been doing it, um, go back and listen. If you missed the first three in this, go back and listen. Very, 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 very important. Uh, we're talking about setting the foundation for our lives, setting the foundation for the life that you've always wanted, setting the foundation for the life that when, when Jesus said, uh, I come to give you life abundantly, right? And so I know so many believers who are so, they're, they're not living life abundantly. And remember, if you go back to part one, uh, we're not talking about our American, our American minds when we hear about life abundantly, they start thinking, oh yeah, make a lot of money. Uh, no, okay? If you were to ask a you know, first century Palestinian during Jesus' day when he said life abundantly, they may have thought about money, but I'm sure there's a whole lot more that they would have thought about, right? If you were to go to the island of Marquesas where they've never even seen like a phone or a television set where they're living like they did a thousand years ago and you ask them, what does life abundantly mean to you? They might tell you something differently, Right? If you were to go to a, a farmer in Ireland and say, what does a life abundantly mean to you? They might say something differently. And so, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about that in the first part of the series. Go back and listen to the first part, to all three. If you miss them, listen to them and do the homework. It'll change your life and you can thank me later. Uh, but go and do it. Go and do it, right? Because here's the thing. As I mentioned, Jesus said, I came to give you life abundantly. Look in the old, read through the Old Testament. Every time God made a promise, just about what happened? They had to get up off their couches and go get that promise. Right? And so when Jesus says, I've come to give you life abundantly, he, th that's not a passive thing. Okay? God didn't change that much. It's not a passive thing. He doesn't want you to just lay there and go, okay, bring me some of that life abundantly law. He wants you to get up and go get it. And so this is what we're talking about over this series. That this, is, this is a process, and this is how you get there. And so I want you to listen to it and do the homework, and you will be glad that you did. And so we talked in the first part. We talked about est establishing a vision for our lives. In other words, what do we want the result of our 80 to 90 years on this planet to have accomplished? What, what do we want the results of that to be? You know, what, what do you want it to be said about you at your funeral? What do you want it to be said, right? What's the vision, the result of your 80 to 90 years in this planet? And then we talked about our purpose, and what does that mean? It's the kind of person that you need to become in order to get those results, right? What kind of person do you need to become 
to have that vision fulfilled. That's what we talked about in our purpose. And then uh, last week we talked about our mission. What kind, of need, what kind of things do I need to do to fulfill the vision? So in other words, to get these results, vision, I must become this kind of person, purpose, and do these kinds of things. Vision. Y'all following me? So sort of like that nesting bowl, right? The biggest bowl is vision, and then inside of that is uh, purpose, and inside of that is mission. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to break that down even further, the final bowl. And today is going to probably, probably not feel like a sermon, all right? Uh, today is going to feel a little bit different. Normally we kind of, you know, we're preaching, but today is probably going to feel more like a, a, I don't know, just a lecture on goals, really. But it's really important, and I hope that you glean from it and grab from it, okay? So we're going to talk about breaking it down into that final bowl. It's our goals. And when, we talk, when we're talking about things like vision and purpose and mission, it's easy to get really inspired. It's really easy to get motivated. And I think as believers, a lot of times what we do is we chase inspiration, but we never change, right? And we confuse inspiration for growth. I read this book, and it was super inspiring. I've really been growing. But there's no change in your life, which is the evidence of your growth. So you've just been inspired, right? And so have you ever been really inspired by a message or a sermon or a book, and then you, you turn around, and you can't even tell, tell anybody what you just heard? I don't know what he said, but it was so good. I just really felt the spirit, right? But... You don't know really what happened, and you didn't change, you didn't grow. There's nothing different about you or your life. And so I, just, I don't want you guys to chase inspiration here and confuse it for growth. Uh, I want you to do, because God calls us to be doers of the word, not just hearers, right? Thank you, honey. <laughs> Baby, I love you so much. But I'm going to give everybody else one more chance. Because <laughs> I love you too. God wants us to be doers, not just hearers. Amen? amen? All right. Good, 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 good. If you didn't say amen, then put down your phone. You know who you are. And so, <laughs> all right. So it's so easy to get really inspired, you know, motivated by big picture ideas. But we don't want to just stay right there and, and never move on. You know, and, 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 you know, we don't want, we want those ideas to move from just sort of ideas and even paper into actual action in our lives. And it's pretty important. So we're going we're gonna to break it down. We're going to break it down. That's why a goal, you know, properly planned is so, so important. Properly planned and executed goals, what they do is they move us from our vision, from our longing in our hearts into reality, into reality, right? Everybody's got a vision. Everybody's got a longing in their heart. Everybody, you know, they want to do something, but very seldom do those things ever become reality. They say that like 90% of, of people, you know, end their lives without ever having, you know, accomplished any sort of dream, any sort of goal, any sort of like, you know, you know the, what they really, what was burning in their heart to do. And so we don't want to do that. I remember... Uh, you know, when I, when I wrote my first novel, and it was something that I wanted to do for a long, long time. There was a longing in my heart to write this book. I felt like there was a story that needed to be told. It was a, I wanted this story. I wanted to release this story to the world. And, uh, and I wanted it for a long time. And I spent two and a half years 
writing the first half of it, right? So like two and a half years, I started writing, I stopped writing, I kind of wrote when I felt like I had a chance to write, I thought about it, I dreamed about it, wrote ideas about it, I imagined what it would be like for someone to read this book and really be blessed by it. And after two and a half years, I was only halfway done. Wow, think about this. This is for a 50,000-word young adult novel. That's not that much. Two and a half years to write the first half of it. And then I learned what I'm going to teach you today. I learned about goals. And I learned what I'm going to teach you today. And I finished the second half of the book in six months. Think about that for just a second. What's the difference between uh, just sort of I've got this longing in my heart, and I just want to do it, and I've got this idea, blah, 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 and actually doing it and executing it in a proper way. So what I'm going to teach you today, I learned how to do, got the rest done in six months, and the rest is history, right? Now I'm working on novel number four, because I've been using this same goal-setting process that I'm going to teach you today. And so, again, I apologize. Like, if you came here today for, like, this big, meaty word out of, you know, next week. This week, I want to teach you this. And so, uh, so I want to talk about it. So may, and maybe you've been there. Maybe you've wanted to accomplish something. Maybe you've wanted to develop a healthy habit or stop an unhealthy habit, right? But that thing just seemed to flounder. It never grew. It never grew, tra- you know, got any traction. And it almost just kind of makes you want to give up setting goals. You know, eventually you kind of reach an age where you're just like, I don't even know why I have ideas like this anymore because they're just not going to happen. And, and that can be a real discouraging thing. And maybe you had, uh, you know, just, listen, life abundantly is waiting on the other side of these things. And that's why we've been doing this. Because I don't want you guys to walk in frustration. I want you to walk in fulfillment. And so we've been talking about laying the foundation for the life that you've always wanted. And our purpose, our vision, our mission, that's that foundation. But it's the goals that we build that builds the structure that sits on the foundation, Right? So our vision, our purpose, our mission, foundation. It's our goals. They sit on top of that, and we're able to build that house, that life abundantly, right? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But really quick, before I share the scripture that I want to share with you and go through this goal-setting process, I want to pray. Holy Spirit, come. We love you. We praise you. You are wonderful, and we ask that you would partner with us. That's how we want to do in walking out the life abundantly that Jesus has for us we, we want to do our part, and we know you'll do your part, and we want to partner together to advance your kingdom and, and to, to be fully alive the way that you created us to be. And so, Lord, we ask that your word would come alive in us today, that you would help us to be doers, not just hearers, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, uh, like I said, uh, this is going to be a little bit different. You, you, hopefully, you have something to write something down with. I, on the back of our bulletins today, we didn't have... Uh, like notes per se. We just left it blank so that you can write down what you want. But hopefully you brought something to write this down because you're going to want to write this down. You're really going to want to get this. I'm excited for you if you do this. Maybe get a, your note-taking app on your phone or whatever and, and write and get these down, okay, because I want to see you fulfill your goals. Uh, before we do that, I want to read Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27. It says this. It says, Do your planning... And prepare your fields before building your house. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Remember what we were talking about like over the last few weeks, how preparation is so important. 
you know, that we prepare to live out our lives, that we prepare by writing down what kind of parents we want to be, by writing down what kind of employee or business owner that we want to be, by writing down the kind of impact that we want. Because there's something about planning and preparing and actually the, the neurological effects of taking a pen and writing something down on a notebook and what that does to your brain as opposed to just having the idea in the shower and then never going any further than that, right? Y'all get your best ideas in the shower? Mm-hmm, yeah, right? Don't you wish every shower had some, you know, when I was a kid, we had like shower crayons that we could, you know, draw pictures with on the side of the, you know, or we're taking a bath or something. I just need to keep a bunch of those in the shower with me because the best ideas come and I can just take a shower crayon or bath crayon and write them down on the side of the wall because the best ideas come. But we don't want to be, we don't want it to end there. And unfortunately, that's, where, that's what happens a lot. We get this great idea in the shower. We get this great idea in the car. We're on a walk. We have a wonderful idea. We get inspired. Maybe we're watching a movie and it triggers an idea in our head and we go, and then it never goes any further from there. And we, want, we don't want to do that. We want to keep going. And so before I unleash this goal-setting gold, <laughs> I want you to remember one thing. Well-planned goals take you from where you are to where you want to be. Well-planned goals take you from where you are to where you want to be. It's been said this. Uh, there's this guy, old-timer. <laughs> An old timer. I'm like 50 and I'm calling somebody else an old timer. That's just not cool. Um, but an old guy, his name is Brian Tracy, and he's one of the most remarkable goal setting engineers you'd ever meet. But he said that every minute you spend in planning saves 10 minutes in execution. Every minute you spend in planning saves 10 minutes in execution. That gives you a 1,000% return on energy. A 1,000% return. Could you imagine if you decided you were going to build a house and you just were going to wing it? No, just deliver, the, just, deliver the, just deliver the lumber. Just drop it off the lumber in my yard and, and some cinder blocks. I'll make it up from there, right? I mean, my goodness. What, that would be a horrible house. It would end up taking you 10 times as long to build it because you'd make mistakes. You'd have to get... And I know this because, you know what, I, I build websites. And sometimes I plan that website out first, and then I build it. And sometimes I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. I'm just going to throw it up. I'll throw up a template, and, and then I'll, uh, I'll just modify it. 100% of the time, it takes me longer to build the website when I just throw it up and decide to modify it than it does when I, when I just take a little bit of time to maybe make up a mock-up and spend some time planning. And so... It's so important that we spend a little time planning, and that's what we're doing with our goals. Is we're going we're gonna to talk about planning our goals. Imagine all those times that you, you know, we're just, we're just got frustrated. All those times we found ourselves facing the same issues over and over again. All those big ideas we had that just sort of withered away. If we had just taken the time to plan the goals properly, plan right, we would have probably experienced much more greater fulfillment instead. Okay, and so I'm going to start out. I'm going to give you five keys to well-planned goals, all right? According to the old-timer I just quoted a minute ago. <laughs> so here they are. Number one, goals must be clear, specific, detailed, and written down. Clear, specific, detailed, and written down. Write down your goals. If you're trying to launch a business, if you have financial goals, if you have fitness goals, 
If you have goals in your relationships, write them down. Write down your goals. Don't just make it a goal to lose weight. You know what? My goal this year is to lose weight. It might work if you're Dan, who can somehow magically drop 50 pounds. I don't know what it is. I just know. I don't know. I don't know what I did. <laughs> How'd you lose all that weight? I don't know. You know, I just ate a bunch of steak. I don't know. But write down specifically how much weight, how you plan to lose it, and when you want to lose it by. Be detailed and specific in writing down your goals, okay? The next thing is, is goals, they've got to be measurable and objective. Measurable and objective. In my case, what I did is, with the book, when I went from two and a half years to write the first half to six months to write the second half, is I just created a goal that I was going to write simply 250 words a day. That's it. In case you're not familiar with that, that's like a paragraph and a half. That's not much at all, right? Bethany can bang out 250 words in five minutes. And so she, she can do that. But that was just it. I was like, okay, my goal, 250 words a day. So goals have to be time-bounded. Have a realistic deadline with your goals. And it's okay if you've got to push it back once or twice. It's okay if you're like, well, I made it two-thirds, I made it three-quarters, I got to push the deadline back. That's okay. But have a deadline, okay? Uh, have a deadline and commit to it. Commit to that deadline. Commit to it, right? And then the next thing is, is goals, they, they need to be a little bit challenging. If it's something that you can do without even thinking, like, oh, I can do that in my sleep, that's not really a goal, okay? In fact, a great goal has about a 60% chance of success, okay? Think about that for a second. A great goal is gonna push you. Has about 60% chance of, of success. That means 40% chance that you're gonna fail, or that it's not gonna happen, or it's not gonna happen as you thought it would. But a great goal has a 60% chance of success. And you know what? I would rather set a goal of, say, losing 50 pounds, and then only losing 30, but you know what? I still lost 30 pounds, right? Or I might have a goal to say, hey, I want to save $5,000, but I only saved three. I still saved $3,000. That's still pretty good, right? And so a goal should have about a 60% chance of success. A great goal is really what's going to happen is it's going to require change in you. That's what a good goal is, is going to happen, right? A good goal is going to require some change in you. If, you, if, if it doesn't require change in you, if it doesn't require you to learn something, to grow in some way, to become a better person or whatever, right, then it's, it's probably just too easy, okay? So a great goal requires change in you. Some big, you know, but not too big of thinking. It requires some big thinking, but not too big of thinking, and it requires some faith. Think about that for just a minute. When you're doing a goal, it should push yourself. It should push you. It should stretch you. It should, it should grow you, all right? And then goals, the next thing is goals must be congruent with your values, vision, purpose, and mission. And, you know, that's what we've been working on these last three weeks is your vision, your purpose, your uh, mission. And so your goals got to be congruent with this. And this should be really obvious, but... You know, you, you might have, you know, a specific set of, you know, vision, purpose, and mission, 
and then you set this goal that's sort of out here and doesn't quite align with your values and you're not real passionate about, it's just like, you know, like, if you don't, if you don't care about, if you're not like an environmental person who has like a lot of care, that's like a passion of yours, but then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, my goal is to, you know, get myself and four other families to start recycling, not gonna happen. You don't care. You don't care about it, right? And so it's gotta be congruent with your values. All right. And so, because uh, it, it's to move you closer to those things. So, let, let's, let's, let's just keep, it, keep going, because I'm going to give you tw uh, this 12-step goal-setting method, all right? So there are five things that are, that are about, you know, keys to well-planned goals, but I want to give you this goal-setting method. And this is what I use to write the book. This is what I use for my financial goals. This is what I use for uh, my business. When I'm setting goals, I use this method. And so, and I, and I sit down literally with uh, a notebook or I sit down with a worksheet that I printed out with these questions on them and I sit and I write out the answers to these questions. And so, or these things. And so, uh, I'm gonna give you 12 steps. Consider writing these down, okay? Write them down. Written goal. Everybody promise the next goal you set you're gonna write? Okay, thank you. Just wanna make sure. You're activating this. Okay, so the first thing is this. Have a desire. Have a desire. What is your desire? What is it that I desire? What do I really want? So this is what I'm going to write down. I'm going to write down what I really want. What do I really want to do in my life? What is it that I want? What, you know, for most people, they flounder through life not because, oh, life is hard, or because they're lazy or any of those things. Most people kind of flounder through life because they really don't know what they want in life. And they feel like if they decide what they want in life, well, what if it's not what I really want? Hey, guess what? You can change it later, all right? You're not writing your desires down in granite, okay? But write down, what do I really want to do with my life? And this should align with your vision that God wants to do in your life, okay? What is it that I really want? And you know what? If you don't know what you want, just write down something, okay? Just write down something, because uh, <laughs> it's, it's, that, is, that is the plague of, the, you know, of the, the, the culture that we live in. Our options are so massive, and the information is so huge and so we have such horrible FOMO in our culture that we're afraid to write down what we really want. And then, you know what, 10 years later, you're no further into a life of fulfillment, you're no further into a, a life abundantly because for the last 10 years you haven't been able to settle on what you want. Just write something down. And as you move towards it and you decide it's not really what I wanted, write something else down and move towards that. So, uh, that which is, you know, so have a desire. The next thing is, is believe that your goal is achievable, right? Remember, we, we want goals that are uncomfortable, but not unreachable. Don't settle for too easy, and listen, don't get delusional. Because I think that uh, a lot of times we fall into one or the other. We fall into something that's too easy or something that's totally out there delusional, all right? We want to fall somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. It's challenging, it's uncomfortable, it's not delusional, okay? And then just as I've said about a thousand times, the next thing is write your goal down. 
As you're writing your goal down, here's the thing that's important, though. As you're writing your goal down, you want to ask yourself, how will I measure my progress? How will I measure my progress? Will you measure your progress by 250 words a day? Will you measure your progress by four workouts a week? Will you measure your workouts by 10 interviews a month? Will you measure your workouts by five days in scripture a week? Will you, how will you measure your progress? Okay, it's so important. All right, number four. Determine your starting point. And this is where you ask yourself, where am I now compared to where I want to be? And you want to write this down. If it's a weight thing, then you just write down. I'm, you know, I'm 80 pounds overweight compared to where I want to be. Or I'm $10,000 in credit card debt compared to where I want to be. Or, you know, I, I suck at relationships compared to where I want to be. You know, write down where you are compared to where you want to be. Maybe you're not a particularly compassionate or kind person, and you have you know, the, the honesty to write that down and go, I'm not very compassionate, I'm not very kind, I tend to be pretty cold, I'm super judgmental. You know, you can write those things down compared to where you want to be, all right? So, where am I now? What's my starting point? Where am I now compared to where I want to be? The next thing is this, determine really what you want. And this is where you will list all the ways that you're going to benefit from reaching this goal, okay? So when I, say, when I say determine what you want, or I'm sorry, it's determine why you want it. Determine why you want it. Is it you want to have better relationship with your kids? And that's how I'll benefit from this. I'll have better relationship with, your, with my kids. Um, I'll have better relationship with my spouse. Um, you know, I'll have more energy. If, you're, you know, if it's a fitness goal, I'll have more energy. I'll have an accomplishment on my resume. There'll be more joy in my marriage. Write down why you want it. You have to get that because you, know, you, you have to have a reason for your goal that's bigger than the goal itself. And what is it that you really want? Why is it that you really want to accomplish this goal? You know, I want to encounter God's presence in my life on a regular basis. I want to experience joy in greater measures. I want to be a more generous person. You know, why is it that you want it? That's really important to write those things down. Because there's, there's times, listen, uh, I work from home. And if you work from home, if you ever work from home, you know that's, that like the temptation to sleep in in the morning can be great, can be massive. You know that the temptation to be, while you're sitting at your computer and you're working and you don't have a boss going, you know, did you get those reports done? Uh, or somebody asking you, checking your matrix, you know, checking your metrics and, you know, all those things. You just have yourself holding you accountable. And so if you're in a position like that, it's like you have to have a reason why. You have to be able to go, no, I need to close out that tab and get away from Facebook because I want to be able to spend more time with my kids. I want to be able to spend more time with my spouse. I want to, I want to hustle now so that at you know, 6 o'clock tonight after dinner, I can go cuddle with my wife in front of the TV instead of go back in the office and work some more, right? So you have to tell yourself, why do I want to be doing this right now? Why do I want to do this? And you, it has to be good. It has to be compelling. 
And so, or, you know, sometimes if you're tempted and you're like, it seems like whenever I'm fasting or dieting, it's, everybody wants to buy me donuts. You know what I'm saying? I used to work in an office environment, one of those cubicle farms, and it seemed like every time I was fasting, somebody brought donuts in. And it drove me crazy. You, at your work, oh my goodness, it's like Satan <laughs> bringing the candy and the stuff. And every, when I came in to see you, and you're like, you want a candy bar? <laughs> and I was like, get thee behind me, Linda. And so, I mean, you know, every time, and that's when you have to go, why do I want to do? Why do I not want to eat that candy bar? Why do I want to go to the gym today? Why do I want to continue this? What is my compelling reason? And, you know, it, you, you have to do that. For me, it's like, because I, I want more energy, because I want to be able to experience things with my family, because, you know, I've, I, I've spent, last year, we spent all of 2020 on a spending fast, where we didn't spend anything on anything unless we absolutely needed it. So it was, on, it was clothes. If, our, if, 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 like, we tore a hole in our jeans, we went and replaced that. Or if... Uh, Whatever, if it was just food. And, and we did that, and part of the reason that we did that is because I, I have a goal. I want to buy a, a van, and I want to convert it into a kick-butt camper, and I want to take my wife and my kids, and, and I'm going to go have fun with it. And so that requires some sacrifice. So there was a lot of times where I was like, I'd get one of those sales emails, Black Friday, yo! Get this for five dollars, you know, and I'm and 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 I had to go. No, I'm down in New Mexico with my camper and my family. No, get thee behind me, sweater. Even though you're super cool, you know, but it's like you just sometimes you have to have that why. Determine why you want it. Determine why you want it. Okay, and and so the next thing is this: set a deadline. We mentioned this earlier. Without a deadline, your goal is just a wish. Your goal is just a wish. Without a deadline and without a plan, your goal is just a wish. Okay? The next thing is, identify the obstacles in your way. I think it's up there. Yeah, identify the obstacles in your way. Let me give you a hint real quick. 80% of the obstacles are you. 80% of the obstacles in your way are internal. They are. Either, you know, uh, laziness or distraction or sometimes just an, uh, just an attitude that isn't very teachable. Because when, when you have an attitude that's not teachable, it's everybody else's and everything else's fault that you didn't accomplish your goal. Okay? When you're, when you're not a teachable person... It's everybody else's fault, okay? And so 80% of the obstacles you're going to face and 80% of the reasons why you don't achieve your goals, even during a pandemic. <sighs> you all hear that? Even during a pandemic, because you can flourish during a pandemic if you have the right mindset. Just ask the 30% of billionaires who, whose wealth increased over the last year. But we're not going to talk about that. But, okay? But it's laziness, distraction, or there's something that we need to learn in order to move forward. But if you're not a teachable person, you're not going to learn. If there's always an excuse, you're not going to learn. Okay? And so uh, write down 
the obstacles. What are the obstacles in your way? Okay, again, most of them are probably going to be internal. And then eight, determine additional knowledge and skills needed. Going back to that last thing. Okay, a good goal. Remember we talked about a goal that's, you know, 60% chance of success. A good goal. If you got a good goal, there's going to be some learning to do. Okay, you're going to need to pick up a book. You're going to need to take a class. You know, one of the things that I love is like, anybody here ever use Udemy? Look at like three of us. Like, a hundred times a year, they do a sale where they run 90% of their courses for like 11 bucks. There's like almost nothing you can't learn to do on there. And like everything from like Spanish to playing guitar to website development to, you know, I mean just about anything. I actually bought a course on how to take a camper on the road for an extended, extended period of time for like 11 bucks, you know. You can poop in a coffee can, you know. And so <laughs> it's like, it's, it's all there, right? So, uh, you know, it's all there. Ben's like, I've been doing that. What? I, that, you bought my course. <laughs> you bought my course. I love it. <laughs> uh, and the, yeah, you didn't get to the Mountain Dew bottle yet. Yeah, I'll get there. So, oh gosh, but determine additional knowledge and skills. What is it that you need to learn to do? Maybe if you want to write a book, but you're not a very good writer, maybe take a course on writing, okay? If you, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to exercise, learn some exercise, because if you're like me, and you're like, I want to go hit the gym, but I'm 50, and I've got back issues, so I might need to buy some materials to help me out, to show me some exercises for guys that are my age and my condition, right? And so, what are some skills that you need to do? And then, the next thing is, determine people's help you're going to need. It's okay to ask for help. It is. If you have a goal, and, you, you, and somebody else is sort of like walking that out, or somebody else has already reached that goal, somebody else is, you know, kind of walking in where you feel like you're supposed to be going, it's okay to go to them and go, hey, uh, can, you know, can I buy you lunch? Can I buy you coffee? I'd just like to ask you some questions. Or, you have a connection, can you introduce me to somebody? You know, it's okay to ask for help. Determine the people's help that you're going to need. Whenever I release a book, I send out an email to everybody on my email list, and I ask for their help. And I say, hey, I, I need some people to help uh, by reading the book in advance and being poised to write some Amazon reviews on release day. I just, I ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. And so, if you have a product, if, you know, and you need somebody to write, some, it's okay to ask your friends, hey, would you write a review for me? You know, whatever it is. Or, if it's just accountability. Hey, you know what, uh, I'm trying to lose weight, or I'm trying to uh, walk in greater purity, or whatever, then it's okay to go, hey, um, would, you, would you hold me accountable? Would you help me out? It's okay to ask for help. Most people, you know, don't just sort of make it all on their own. You know, I have an accountability partner that I meet with every other week. We sit down and we have lunch, and we challenge each other in five areas, right? 
we've ta I've talked about this before, but we challenge each other to, to hold each other accountable to be reading, to, to we hold each other accountable to be in prayer, we hold each other accountable in our relationships with our wives, and we hold each other accountable with our relationship with our kids, and we hold each other accountable in uh, purity. Are we keeping our eyes pure? And so we sit across the table from each other, and we eat pancakes, and we're like, how's it going with these areas? And we challenge each other, but sometimes, there's other areas of our lives that we bring into the relationship. And so, back to book writing. I have him hold me accountable to make sure that I'm writing. Or when he was getting ready to, he was making a career change, and so we got to spend some time, and I get to hold him accountable for some things. And so, I get help from other people. And then the next part is super important. It's, it's, it's make a plan and put it all together. This is, this is what, you, what you do is, is, you make an organized list of tasks that need to be completed. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. Just make an organized list of tasks that need to be completed. What are the most important activities to move you closer to completing your goal? What are those things? Write them down. Write them down. For example, if it's a health goal, your task might be get a gym membership, select a workout plan, read a book on nutrition by the end of the month. Right? And so what I like to do is I'll write out the tasks that need to be completed for my goal, and then I'll take those tasks and I'll create appointments on my calendar. And I'll put those tasks not on a task list that sort of sits there, but actually I move them as appointments on my calendar. For example, I have a goal to have a, a, like a, a website template built, <laughs> right? by the end of next week. And so what I do is tomorrow I have a two-hour appointment on my calendar blocked out to work on that. And, uh, and so it's important to write out all the things that you need to do to make that plan and then schedule those things that you need to do. I, you know, Wendy and I, we used to pine and wonder why we didn't have date nights. We go, oh, I want it. we should be doing date nights. And every once in a while, Wendy might go, you know, it's been two months since we've been on a date. We need to go on a date. And, uh, and so I made it a goal at one point to, go, to have a greater relationship with my wife. And what that looked like was, one of the things that it looked like was a weekly date night. So we just started putting it, I just started putting it on the calendar. And it's kind of a sacred time. And so every Wednesday night we go for a date night. And, uh, and I love that. And I love what that's done for our relationship. And we feel closer. And so make a plan, write it down, and put it on your calendar, okay? And then number 11, visualize your goal continually. This is going to sound funny. This is going to sound weird. But every once in a while, you need to sit down and ask yourself, what's it going to feel like when I succeed with this? What's it going to feel like when we have our van parked backed up against an oceanside view, and we're just enjoying ourselves, and it's February, and y'all are freezing, and we're someplace warm. What's that going to feel like? What's the breeze going to feel like on my skin? What am I going to hear? What are the sounds? And you begin to imagine, and you know, that can be really powerful to imagine yourself. What's it going to feel like when you stand on the scale and you reach your goal? You look down, you see that you've reached your goal. What's that going to feel like? What's your energy level going to be like? Okay? What's it going to feel like when 
you, you have reached your savings goal of $3,000 so that you can take your family on a trip, right? What's it going to feel like when you, when you hold your first book in your hand? Oh, I'm telling you, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. When you, get, when you have your first book and it's, it's sitting in your hand and it's like you, you can feel it, you can touch it, you rifle through the pages, it's an amazing feeling. What's it going to feel like? Okay, it's an important question to ask yourself. I knew a guy who kept a picture of the car he wanted, and it was his computer desktop uh, uh, picture, and he kept a picture of the car he wanted so that he would see it every day and imagine what it would feel like when he, to drive that car, right? And he, could, he just visualized it every time it worked. So, you know, just keep it in front of you. Keep that goal in front of you. What's it going to feel like? Keep it in front of you, all right? And then the last thing is this. Never give up. Never give up. Plain and simple, never give up, okay? Most unfulfilled goals are because of a lack of determination and a lack of persistence. You know, ask yourself, when you get started, how committed am I to this? How committed am I to this? And be realistic. Be honest with yourself when you ask, how committed am I to this? Okay? Have a little, have some grit. There's a great concept. When I was a kid, we actually, there was a newspaper that you could sell. Little kids can go out and sell. It was called Grit. I never knew why. I just thought they sold gravel. But it was, you know, we need to have some grit. Have some toughness. Have some, you know. What was the name of that movie we watched, honey? With The Rock? And he's a football coach with all those kids in juvie. And he just, he just he's like one day, he's just telling them all, you guys need some mental toughness. You need mental toughness toughness, right? We need mental toughness. We need grit. We need to not give up. And part of that is, you know, if, if you're the type of person who tends to slip into uh, a, like self-pity mode, don't never allow yourself the luxury of self-pity when it comes to fulfilling your goal, okay? Self-pity is something you all can't afford. It's something I can't afford. Self-pity will just lock you up and keep you from moving forward. It's the worst thing you could ever do. If you're, if you're behind in writing your goal, if you've faced a setback, if you've had some hard times, if you lost your job and so that's going to affect your savings goal and your financial goals, if your relationship is rocky, and that's, that's going to affect you. Don't fall into self-pity. Don't fall into self-pity, okay? Because, man, a spirit of self-pity will settle on you so fast, and trying to get that thing off you is like try, you know, trying to get tar off the bottom of your shoes. It's awful. And so have some grit and keep moving forward, like camp, right? Just like camp. We just keep moving forward. And so what I want to do today, if the worship team wants to come up, I just want to pray just for the Holy Spirit's guidance as we think about our goals and and. You know, we want our plans to align with God's plans. Because unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain, right? And you might be thinking today, you might be like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. And so, here's where I want you to start, and you can write this down, this question. If you're like, I don't know where to start, write down this question and answer this question. What is one goal that would improve my life more than any other? Just one. Just one. Just make one goal. You don't have to write five goals down or ten goals down or whatever. Don't go crazy. 
But just write down one goal. What is one goal that would improve my life more than any other? And so the reason I want you to ask yourself that is because that improvement might be, you know, I need to make a, a spiritual goal. I need to set a goal of being in the Word every day. I need to set a goal of being a person of prayer and praying five times a week, whatever that is. Or that you, your life might improve if you just set a goal to pay off one credit card in the next six months, right? What's one goal that would improve your life more than any other? Just let that question kind of sink in and like simmer a little bit. Don't rush to answer that one. Think about it for a little bit. Okay? Would it be to become a person of prayer, a person of worship? Would it be a goal to inspire others? What would really improve your life? And so if you need help with that today, our, we have a prayer team back there. They would love to pray for you. They'd just love to just say a prayer for you. Ask God, may the Holy Spirit inspire you, breathe something new in you. But let me just pray for you. Won't you all stand with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that what you have for us is greater than we can imagine. What you have for us, God, is so amazing. But Lord, if we don't begin to cooperate with you and move towards those things and have grit and determination, God, and partner with you and receive your strength, God, then it's just, it's just all daydreams. It's just all wishes. But help us to be people of action, people that do. God, people that are fully alive in you, fully alive. As we do our part and you do yours and we partner together, God, just amazing things happen. We pray that you would be glorified. God, that we would... God, that we would have the vision, the purpose, the mission. God, that our goals would bring glory to you. We love you. In Jesus' name.